Thank you for joining IAB There. Good afternoon. Today is September 1st, 2020, and welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. I'm Chris Bruderly, Senior Director of Research and Analytics at the IAB. And the topic for today's show is how publishers and brands can examine what drives readership across today's multi-channel digital ecosystem. And we are with our special guest, Adam Singolda of Tabula. I'd like to welcome Adam to come into the stream. Hey, Hello, Adam. Hey, Chris, can you hear me? I can hear you, sir. Nice, nice, nice. Thanks How for are you? Me. It's good I'm, to see you. You as well? So Adam is the founder and CEO of Taboola, the largest discovery platform serving over 450 billion recommendations of articles, blogs, videos, products, and apps to over 1.4 billion unique users every month. Adam has spoken on stage at TEDx, Collision, Business Insider. He's been on TV with Bloomberg, CNBC, Fox Business, Squawk Box. The list goes on and on. Adam, I'm so excited to have you here today. I want to get right into it, though, because we have a lot to talk about. We had a great conversation last week. We have a lot to talk about, and I want to get right into it. Let's do it. So really quick, most of everybody who's probably listening is familiar with Taboola. However, you always have to make sure, you always want to do a quick refresh to make sure everybody knows who you are and what you guys are doing. So if you could just give a quick, a quick refresher on Taboola and who you guys are and what's going on, that would be fantastic. Yes, let's do it. So first of all, um, you know, I started Taboola 13 years ago. So this is in many ways uh, our bar mitzvah. So thank you for having us on this special uh, time. Um, I started Taboola, you know, 13 years ago to help consumers discover things that they may like but never knew existed. You know, we call it this moment of next. You go to search engines when you know exactly what you want to find. But what happens when you have no idea what you're supposed to be discovering next? We see ourselves as uh, the publisher company. We work with uh, thousands of publishers all around the world. We have offices in 18 countries. We're 1,400 people now uh, company-wide. And our, our, our vision is really to represent the open web and publishers and journalism. So, you know, Google is search, Facebook is social, and we want to be everything that lives in the open web uh, and supports local and national publishers uh, all around the world. Um, we're now in the process of merging with a company called Our Brain. Um, also with an Israeli origin like ourselves, uh, like my accent strongly suggests, I am from the Holy Land. And uh, together with our brain, we'll be a bit over 2,000 employees. We hope to finish the merger um, soon. We're not done yet. And uh, we'll be at around $2 billion in revenue. So not as big as Facebook and Google, but uh, catching up uh, slowly but surely. That's great. And thank you for the recap. I... Um... I was actually in my previous life uh, at the Daily Beast, one of the leading news sites. Uh, we were Taboola clients. Um, we were also operating clients. <laughs> so uh, it yeah, would have been a little easier if it was both of you guys at one time. Then I would have cut the meetings down. But no, that's fantastic <laughs> and thank you. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about today was working from home because so many companies across the country and in our industry have instituted full-time working from home. It looks like it's going to... Many companies are going through the end of the year. Many companies are going to go into a huge part of next year. Many are saying they're going to do it forever. I saw that you guys instituted that, and I'm really curious to know how that's going and um, what have you learned and what kind of recommendations would you give for companies who are pursuing it? 
Yeah, I, mean, I think we've been home since March 15th. Um, and like I said, we, have, we, we operate in 18 countries. So it's very global um, operation. And, and I, I think there are so many things I have to say about that. I think from a personal perspective, because we're all people also at the end of the day, for the first time, we got to see our family so much more. We, have, you know, we can decide what is that thing you want to do in your life working from home that you could have never done before. Um, right. For me, that's, you know, giving my daughter, who is almost a year, old a bath you know a few times a week or having dinner with the kids and taking my wife to um to a coffee date in the middle of the day and come back and i think all of those things are perfectly fine and you can make create space for for your personal life even at working from home so i think that is actually quite special um from a work perspective i think the first thing we tried to do was to admit that this is really tricky and not uh trivial to be productive from home so we, we did a bunch of things. The first thing we did was over-communicate. And we decided to be, in general, Tabula is a very transparent company. But uh, on March 15th, I told Tabula that every Thursday, 9 a.m., I'm going to have all hands with everyone. And it's not going to be a perfected presentation of any kind. I'm going to show some slides and uh, just about the business. But then we're going to open it up to ask me anything. I held out my president and CEO is also on the call with me. And Christy, our head of people, uh, both of them are on my team. And then we basically talk to everyone. It's anonymized. So people ask questions through HR. I have no idea who the person is. And the questions vary from personal questions to, you know, professional to productivity to, I mean, anything. And I answer 100% of questions. And wow. we've done that every Thursday since March 15th. I think we did miss once. Uh, I told the board, instead of having once a quarter, a board meeting, let's have once a month. And here as well, I said, let's make it a working session. Let's just get in a room, in a room, in a Zoom, and and <laughs> um, and spend 90 minutes talking about life and work and just freely without over-preparing. I think all of those, over-communication is actually important and also an opportunity. You know, we've leaned in with all of our clients and partners. We have 10,000 of them. So now you're, you know, you're having this quite intimate meetings with your clients and partners. You're invited to their home. A lot of times you're having a glass of wine way too early, which is great. And you talk about how they're doing and how the business is going and what can you right. do for them now. So all those things in many ways created this intimacy that funny enough didn't exist in a physical real world, right? Um, and so to me, that's what we chose to do. Um, and I think that's the right thing to do, which is to lean in, admit it's a bit not great, you know, to be at home all this time, but um, it can be special. And uh, we measured productivity and we, we are, we're quite productive. Yeah, I was really impressed actually on your blog. I think you had, you had the data and the analytics on how the performance is um, work at home versus not working at home. And the indicators were incredibly positive. And, you know, uh, you know, I'm a data person very much. And, you know, I thought to myself, wow, that's incredible. Not only are they, is it more effective, but they're, you know, displaying their ROI on it and they're tracking it. And I think that's incredibly forward thinking. And, and also I think we're getting to a second stage, right? So right now what I'm trying to also think about is if this is the situation we're in for not another month or two, but perhaps for a longer period, yeah. how can Tabula be a great place and a great partner in this environment um, for people to work for, people to work with? So, I, you know, we just granted last week, actually, $1,000 per employee to create their work um, from home office environment. 
So, and you know what you find is that different people need very different things. Some people have two, three young kids and they need something that will help with a noise cancellation. Yeah. Some people are still sitting on their kitchen chair and their back is hurting and they just want a better chair. And, and we try to not get into, uh, you know, wire what people need at home, but kind of just give them uh, the budget and expense it and tell them, build that office environment, the light, the camera, the headphones, whatever you need, so you can feel productive and you, your family can feel that you have your space too. So you might have actually some uh, work-life balance. So things like that, you know, we're creating this on Zoom uh, challenges. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a fun place to work. No, I mean, you know, you know, you just have to admit that it's not that, you know, you need to like do some, you need to prepare for a, a second act of this yep. period, you know, this Absolutely. thing, this period. And uh, so we're trying to think about it and we're not done, but we're, we're trying to ask us of the hard questions. Well, speaking of hard questions, um, I want to move it to a little bit more of a serious topic. And that is the national conversation that we are having right now on, on, in, on civil rights and equal justice. Um, while we are having this national conversation, companies are self-reflecting, companies across the world and across the United States are, self, are self-reflecting on how they can be better at diversity and inclusion. Um, I saw that you folks partnered with Bombas, direct, direct to consumer firm Bombas, to promote their pride collection. Um, on your blog, you talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, you know, about the importance of this topic for you, for Tabula, and for you personally, and and what what you guys are doing to address this incredibly urgent and serious matter. Now it's it's um, I've spent so much time, and we spent so much time um, thinking about and and walking through this this really tough period um, that all of us have experienced this year and in general. Um, and I think the first step is actually to admit that there's so much you don't know. And mo- many of us are very much privileged coming from you know, places where we never experienced what it feels like to do certain things and, and how um, weird the world can be out there. And so I think the first step is to just admit uh, of all the shortcomings um, and all the educational gaps that exist. And that just allows you to start talking. Um, personally, and then I'll tell you what we're doing, you know, I, um, you know, I live my life once and I'm trying to always, whatever I do, hope to do it with amazing people and, and trying to make an impact. Um, so uh, this is, this is, this is what I have. This is it. Yep. So I don't want to just be, I don't want to check the box on DEI, um, as a topic. I'm asking myself as a father, as a CEO, as an executive, as a shareholder, what do we need to do to be really great at this topic? Now, what I'm trying to also do is perhaps tell people at Tabula, but also around the world, that the reason I care about it um, is because I think that not only it's an amazing opportunity to make an impact on so many communities out there, um, but also it's great for your business. You know, this is not one of those just hire someone to your staff so you can sleep at night and feel like you've done something right. Um, do that too. But it's also, um, you know, because you can, you can create, in my opinion, uh, you can tap into different communities that can get talent that's incredible for your company. If you bring different talent from different communities, you get different conversations. Yep. If you get different conversations, you get different decisions. And those decisions will eventually make you better. And your job as an executive is to create ROI for your shareholders. So that's actually also great for your business. And that's why you have to really spend some time thinking about it. Yep. Um, and I don't think, you know, I don't want my daughter to be one day in 
you know, women leaders in tech. I want them to just be leaders in tech. It's great. You know? Yeah. And uh, so, so to get there, and there's a, there's a path and that's a, there's a journey there. We started talking about it internally. Um, I started basically a task force that's dedicated to this. And then we started uh, four resource groups um, under, under that, that basically tackle different communities and different topics that we believe matter. And that's going to, that's going to continue to evolve. It's, it's not the end of it. We, we told Tabura that we're choosing to focus on education to start. And to do that, um, I asked all of the employees of Tabula to send articles. You know, we're a discovery platform. We should put our money where our mouth is. So, you know, to send articles that they believe, if only other people could read those and be educated on those matters, it would help make an impact. Yeah. We've collected all these articles and we distributed them on the Tabula network. Um, it was just around the Black Lives Matter uh, time. And that what we reached through those articles, we've reached over 50 million people in the US. That's amazing. And over half a million people actually clicked and read those articles. So I felt it was great to empower our own employees. It was great because half a million people actually read some of these articles. Over 50 million people were recommended with this. Wow. So, so really amazing. And, yeah. um, and I hope to do a lot more. So steps that, and I speak about it, right? I write about it, I speak about it. And I want to do more than improving our metrics and our metrics. Some things are good, some things are not. Right. Um, but but I, my hope is that we'll make um, an impact that can help Tabula be a better company and hopefully others. Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of ways to execute on what you want to do. And I thought your example, what you guys are doing in terms of you're leveraging your own mechanics to do it, I think was incredibly creative and really efficient and effective in putting your money where your mouth was. So right. it's a long, we have a long way to go, but um, I think... Um, I'm glad we're having this conversation and, and I applaud you for what you're doing. Thanks. Um, now, you talked about some big numbers in terms of the number of people that were exposed to the posts. So let's talk about all the people that are exposed to your posts. So you partner with so many publishers and brands um, and you have an enormous amount of data. Um, you think about that combined with you know, people spending more time with digital media right now you know, that the data is showing significant increase, the amount of times people are spending with digital content. Um, you have a, a lens into what people are reading and engaging with across so many different environments, so many different types of sites. At the content level, what are you seeing that's new and surprising in terms of reader trends that, you know, you know, that would, that would, you know, plainly surprise us or that surprise you or that is new or that advertisers and publishers can leverage. Yeah. So, so actually that the last sentence is, I think the most important, which is, you know, for the most part, the data in our industry has been a fad because we've spent so much time collecting data. We've spent so much time on services that can store data. Then what do we do with it? A lot of times, not enough or not at all. So, um, so I think um, data is only interesting if you can activate it to create ROI and value so what we did, we said, you know, we're reaching, um, you know, one and a half billion people. Without brain, we'll be at two billion people a month. Tabula, and the, just Tabula on our side, last year, people clicked on Tabula in 2019 over 20 billion times. So that's, yeah. we recommended content to consumers and they clicked on things more than 20 billion times. So you get this humongous curiosity graph 
you see what people are reading and you see what people are curious about. We don't know who they are. They never log into Tabula, but we are seeing dynamics of readership and curiosity in the world. So we said in a pandemic, could we look at those readership trends and perhaps expose them to advertisers and brands so they would know what to advertise against? Yep. <clears throat> and the things we've seen, Chris, I'm telling you, um, as an example, um, home improvement was a huge um, readership spike. There was a 150% almost growth in readership about home improvement, lots of toilet and plumbing. I yeah. know Super Mario is coming back. I don't know what's going on. There's something there that's interesting to put consumers. Pets, uh, pets product, adoption of pets, that just massive readership. Um, this also grew by 50%. People, I think, have been a bit lonely at home and spent a lot of time reading about what it's like to have a pet and the process and all, all, all those things. I believe I read that also um, some sale, you know, um, the adoption and, and, and sales have increased significantly and, and perhaps yeah. uh, perhaps there should be more original content by Netflix dedicated just for dogs. I'm not sure. Uh, so there's, there's something there. Uh, yeah. Home beauty products were increased. I think people wanted to invest in themselves even yeah. though they're home. Gaming has been a lot. And then over the last month, I asked the team in preparation for the podcast. Right now, what we're seeing, so I would say the first three, four or five months was a lot of direct-to-consumer type of services yeah. in, in areas that related to people who were at home, education, healthcare, you know, home, home beauty, improvement, things like that. As, as of the last month, as we're kind of getting used to it, we're seeing a lot of um, national parks increase. Yeah, uh, people are looking for ways to get the hell out of the house. <laughs> uh, mortgages. Uh, obviously, oh, yeah. obviously, yeah. we all know that Zillow is the new West Village. I mean, everybody's on Zillow to just relax their mind, um, and and everybody's looking for second home, first home, bigger home, different home. Yeah. You know, in many ways, mortgage is a time machine, right? You you put money in in the home you wish you once could have and have it now. Yep. So we're seeing a huge increase in that and weight loss. Um, I think, you know, many of us have been home. We haven't yeah. been hugging enough and we haven't been, you know, interacting enough. So we've been mainly, I don't know, maybe a little too much wine and, uh, and bread. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, more, that, more on that. That is exactly um, all those topics you mentioned. I've been keeping, we at the IAB have been keeping, um, very close eye on what's been happening on the consumer front. Um, and, you know, we share that data with our brand members and what you were talking about in terms of what people are engaging with, what people are spending on um, is exactly in line with what, uh, you know, our research has been showing us. You know, I think if I was a brand, um, I think it's an amazing opportunity for a brand to have a better understanding of who their consumer is. And that's probably an understanding that you did not have before. You know, you had your cohorts, um, you did some research, you figured out like, you know, who typically likes your type of product and, you know, you have your purchase funnel, et cetera. But I think as you start to kind of twist, you know, the situation and um, you twist the data, you look at the data a different way. It's like, oh my, oh my gosh, there's like a new cohort or new interest area and what our customers are into that I never would have guessed or that I never would have thought of. And when you start crossing those swords of people that like this product, that are into this activity, who are also into this activity, you suddenly, what comes to the surface is a new cohort of your customer base that you never would have discovered before. And I think that's the power of 
obviously the power of data, but obviously the power of a platform such as yours. Um, it's also an opportunity to just, you know, to think differently. Um, I, I think especially in a pandemic, most people tend to look inside and wait. Right? Yeah. They're trying to be more efficient in, in the operations they control and they're waiting for something to change. But in fact, those a lot of times are the best opportunities for someone to create traction and growth. So I think looking at what people are reading, we've seen it all the time. We called advertisers day in and day out and we said, you guys are missing out. Um, you know, we had people that advertisers that thought they should never spend um, during this time. And we said, but look, people are reading about topics that are catered to your product. You should actually now advertise or try it out and see if it works. So it's, you know, usually crises are the best time to think differently um, because, you're right, because otherwise you'll go back to, the, to, to beforehand when you fight everyone else and it's more pricey and more expensive and all those things. So Adam, you're making my job very easy because in the, the you're using a keyword at the end of all your comments that enables me to seamlessly go to my next topic. And you said the word crisis. <laughs> so <laughs> if we talk about the impending changes to third-party cookies and other IDs, obviously that presents a huge challenge for you folks who use that data. Um, you know, you leverage those me mechanics um, to enrich, you know, understanding of your of your, the people who consume your content. Um, I'm curious how you are innovating in this, in this world of diminishing third-party cookies and, and where privacy compliance are table stakes. How are you guys innovating and how are you making your partners feel good that you guys are doing the right thing? I mean, I think we're obviously compliant with, you know, CCPA, GDPR, and, and those things are already, um, have happened and are still evolving. So, um, some of it is behind us. Some of it is in the future, um, uh, so we're doing a bunch of different things. One, I think it's a very collaborative process. So we want to make sure that we're participating in the, the right groups. As an example, you know, IAB Project New York, which is, you know, has a lot of other companies that matter to that question. Uh, we're participating in that. Uh, there's the W3C um, um, initiative. And so there's, there's a variety of, of forums that you want to just be there, one, to learn, and two, perhaps to participate and share some of your experience and what's, what's the right thing to do. Because I believe all of us want a better future than cookies, but it's not necessarily to destroy the opportunity to have a personalized and relevant internet, right? So if you think of Flash back in the day being replaced with, um, with, with a better version of that um, when Apple were against Flash, that, that, was, that was the right thing for all of us to have, to have a secure video experience, but... It didn't, video didn't go away. So, um, so I, th I think, you know, those, those forums will, will are, they, they're important that we're participating in that. Two, we're still one of the largest companies in the world that is hard-coded on publisher websites, and that gives us access to just trends, uh, contextual packet, you know, packages we think we can create. So I do think there's going to be, contextual is going to be cool again, um, much like it was 20 years ago. Um, and then, so I think, you know, we're thinking about ways to create packages and, and opportunities for advertisers to go against those things versus, uh, traditional behavioral targeting. Um, so, you know, we're, we're thinking about that. And then we're also working with our publishers. We're asking them, what do they need? What do they want? How we can help them uh, as they go through this period? I think it's going to be, you know, we're talking about the multi-year process, you know, before yeah. Chrome will kill cookies, um, and perhaps replace it with something else. 
So we have the time and it's, and I think it's an iterative process. Um, but these are some of the things we're doing right now. I do think we're well positioned because Taboola is not buying traffic programmatically. All of our business is working with publishers long-term, exclusive, and hard-coded on the page. And that gives us some advantage, I hope and believe, in coming up with solutions that are good for users, great for publishers, great for advertisers. Absolutely. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, we only have about two more minutes, I believe, is I want to hark back on, I want to get back to when we were talking earlier about you know, understanding all the data that you guys have and all the different places that you are on. Um, you, you, you have a unique view into what is going on on the internet and what people are consuming. Um, I'm curious, um, you know, what, what, if, you, if you had to give one, two, three pieces of, of, of advice to leave brand advertisers with and say, look, if you want to engage with people right now, you want to gain their attention, you want to seem real, you want to deliver value to them, now, what would Taboola's recommendation be to connect directly and engage with a brand customer? So, I mean, you mean what would be my advice to a brand? Correct. A brand comes to you and they're like, hey, I want to reach these type of people. You know, this is what, um, this is what we're about. This is what yeah. we're, you know? I think if we learned anything from this pandemic, and I do think that all of us have learned something um, that will never go away is the value of performance advertising, um, ROI, and repeatable, yep. repeatable business. So while we'll always have brand advertising in different moments in the purchase funnel that matter to, to brands, those who actually invested in the past in understanding their attribution model, their lifetime value of their clients, calculating CPC, CPM models into a CPA, acquisition cost of a consumer, those understandings, have been very, very valuable to people as this pandemic started and uh, will forever be important. So if I, my, my short answer is I would very much invest in building a sustainable, repeatable, scalable, successful performance advertising business in addition to whatever you might have. Uh, then find whatever channel works for you, whether that's social, search, open web, all of them, uh, TikTok, you know, is the new uh, cool thing, whatever that is to you. I think you should find some of those channels that you can lean in as a brand and, and really own it. You know, don't spray and pray. Find one or two that's really great and just really get in, in there and make it work for you. And yeah. I've seen some really good examples um, of brands doing that. So, so I, would, I would build that attribution model and I would lean in on one or two platforms that can be mine and I would feel special doing so. That's some great advice. And, uh, well... Advice to well heed considering how data rich and data driven that advice is. Um, I really want to thank you, Adam, for being here today. This has been um, not only very insightful, it's been very entertaining. Um, and hopefully one of these days you and I are going to grab that martini that you had been talking about. Yes. But we would love to have you back on uh, IAB there uh, soon and seeing you at IAB events. Okay? Thanks for having me. Thank it's our awesome. pleasure. Thank you. Did you know that IAB There is now a podcast? You can listen to the whole archive wherever you get your podcasts, and it's not just IAB There. On Tuesdays, our IAB Policy Podcast features experts discussing the legal and regulatory developments changing industry. On Wednesdays, IAB's leaders discuss what's urgent in digital advertising on IAB Real. So go to IAB.com podcast to get everything you need. 
On tomorrow's I'll Be There, we have Roku's Tim Natividad, who will discuss the continued growth of streaming during the pandemic with IAB's Randall Rothenberg. So please tune in for that. I assure you it will be very interesting. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Unce, John Ward, and Twafika Mohinadin. I am Chris Brewerly. If it's 2 p.m. Eastern time in the United States on the internet, it's IAB There time. Thank you.